Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life, encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends offering perspectives of hope through Jesus Christ. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. Join us now. Open your heart to what God has to say to you. Very few people in the whole wide world are able to say that they've had a gun pointed at their chest. And that they were able to look the gunman in the eye. Our guest today has recently experienced that not very well coveted experience. But what happened as a result of that will be something that you and I would so desire not only to hear, but to want to have the kind of faith and response and intervention of God that he has had. He's going to share that story in just a little while. Legendary Green Bay Packer coach Vince Lombardi said, It is time for us, for us all, to stand and cheer for the doer, the achiever, the one who recognizes the challenge and does something about it. I believe our guest today is one of those people that Lombardi would have referred to. He and his wife have taken action, which really is the essence of faith. They've taken action to make a difference in the lives of people in a distant land. Today, his story will make a difference in your life. You know, as we normally begin, I'd like to pause just for a moment to remind you that the reason we have this program, the Good Life Hawaii Show, is very simple. The very essence of it all is to bring you closer and closer to Jesus Christ. If you don't have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus and you're listening and you're, you're, you, you have a heart that's yearning, a heart that's seeking, or you're listening to the right show because the Lord has something for you today and it really is the heart of God for you to become close to Him, for you to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're a follower of the Lord, we believe that this program will help make you stronger stronger in your faith, especially with what you're going to hear. Since its inception in 1986, Del Corazón de Jesucristo provides hope through salvation in Christ and changes lives for eternity. Dr. Steve Dorsey, director of Del Corazón, and his wife Julie continue to dedicate their lives to this ministry in the Dominican Republic. The vision of Del Corazon is evangelism through medicine, education, and sports. And uh, I'm a 
personal witness of it, uh, along with uh, my dear brother-in-law, Dr. Jeffrey Miyazawa, and our Paradise Global Mission teams, we can attest of this impactful ministry indeed. The goals of Del Corazon are to, are to uh, develop a medical center, a Christian school, and a recreation center, and they are well on their way. Dr. Steve, welcome to our show. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Martin. Good to have you. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up. Uh, well, I grew up in Orange County, California, Southern California, Huntington Beach area. And uh, it's probably a pretty well-known area It's uh, for most people. And it's uh, probably uh, one of the meccas of, uh, of materialism and development and, and uh, maybe getting ahead in the world. Uh, and I grew up in the, uh, in the 70s and 80s, and that was pretty much the idea of how life was supposed to be lived. And what, what about your family? Uh, my family, um, my mother is a uh, high school teacher, and my father, an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, I have a brother. He's also a pathologist, sister, CPA, and uh, another um, stepbrother and a stepsister, and half-brother and half-sister, um, all uh, very successful. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your journey, your your faith journey. How did you come to know the Lord? Well, uh, I was always into sports. I loved sports, all of them, all kinds, all types. And I would pretty much go to any sporting event if uh, if it was available or if I was invited. And I did go uh, to a basketball game one time with my father. It was put on by Athletes in Action. And while I was there, um, they gave testimonies at halftime. They also had a, a program that they would give to uh, everybody that came. And after the game, I took that program home. I was 16 years old at the time. I read through the program, and in the program there was something called the Four Spiritual Laws, basically mm-hmm. a way of uh, presenting the gospel and and uh, teaching you how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I saw that, and I knew that's what I wanted. But I was not raised in the church. I had no Christian friends. I really had no knowledge of uh, what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. But I knew I wanted it. And uh, that night when I read that, I uh, prayed to accept Christ in my life. I didn't really understand what that meant. I didn't uh, didn't talk to anybody about it. Uh, my life at that time didn't change. Um, I just went on living life as I had before, not really knowing any difference mm-hmm. until I went to college. Uh, after my first year at UCLA, uh, at near the end of the year, I was waiting to go to class. And it was, a, you know, probably a typical freshman college year for a lot of people where I spent a lot of time uh, doing things I probably shouldn't have been doing. And, and I was wondering to myself, is this really what life is? Is this, you know, what I should be doing? Is, wh- where's the joy? Where's, where's, where's the fulfillment? And uh, two guys approached me at the time while I was waiting to go to class, and they asked if they could speak to me. I said, sure. And they sat down, and uh, they got out the four spiritual laws. And I said, I've seen that before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they then invited me to go to a Bible study. And it was uh, at that time where I began to learn what it meant to have a personal relationship with Jesus, what that decision meant that I'd made three years prior, um, what the significance of that was. I began to learn and understand at that time. Steve, you've already mentioned the four spiritual laws twice. Yeah. And uh, for some of us who are not familiar with it, can you just do a quick recap? What are 
But is well, this God, the fourth God loves loss. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Um, but man is uh, sinful and separated for, from God, so he therefore cannot know or experience God's love and plan for him. Mm-hmm. But God gave us his son, Jesus Christ, in that through him, having a personal re- relationship through him, we could know and experience God's plan for our life. And it's not enough to just know God uh, mentally, but to know him personally and spiritually. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, that's when uh, you know your salvation begins at that time and you begin to grow. Why did that connect with you so much? I mean, we, le- we read a lot of things during a day and all of a sudden this pamphlet really came to you and you remembered it three years later. Yeah, well, I think that um, the way I was growing up was um, I was, I was uh, pursuing, um, I was under a lot of pressure to perform. And uh, that's probably a common thing for most of us as we grow up. And so I felt like my value was based on my performance. And I struggled with that. And when I read this, I really believed that God loved me and that he loved me regardless of my performance, of, of my achievements, of what I did. And for that, that, that impact was so freeing on me. And I knew that's, that's what I wanted to have. I wanted to be loved just for me. I didn't want to have to to jump through hoops. I didn't want to have to perform. I didn't want to have to achieve. I didn't want to have to be the top guy for somebody to like me or to love me. And I and I believed that God loved me the way I was, and that's why I wanted it. That works directly in the face of Huntington Beach mentality, as you'd call it, though. Yes. How did you How did you come to grips with that? How can you align those two conflicting views? Um. Well, it's tough, and it in for the. Three years after that, it didn't really change, you know. Uh, I, I continued the way I did uh, until somebody began to help me understand uh, what it meant to really have a personal relationship with Jesus. And I think that it was a, it's a slow process by walking um, with Jesus daily, by growing and learning more and more about him and, and learning more about his love. There, You begin to shift from performing to grace and understanding grace, I'm still in that process. I can still get caught up in in the performance, and it's it's so easy to go that way. And but it's just a matter of a daily walk, a daily communion with God. I mean, that's what affects our life and everything that we do. It's just the moment by moment, day by day communion, walk with God. And it's not to to make it a mm-hmm. you know. Certainly, I'm not a, a super saint. I'm not. I'm just a regular guy. And uh, I need to have that regular communion with God for for my mind to think right. Otherwise, I would go right back to that. Now, you know, your your faith journey included something of a special calling. And the calling has continued to expand. And so when we come back from our break, Steve, I'd like for you to share with us about... What happened after? There you are at UCLA. These two guys approach you. You see the four spiritual laws. You understand the message of God's love for you and a relationship with God through faith in Christ. A reflection of several years earlier. But it propelled you to something that has impacted you and so many others today. I want you to share that when we come back. Stay with us. We'll be right back with Dr. Steve 
Dorsey. Wandering the road of desperate life. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. Please enjoy. Martin Arinaga and our featured guest today, Dr. Steve Dorsey. You know, a program like The Good Life Hawaii wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for Wahiawa dentist Dr. Kerry Ishihara, the generous donations of orthopedic surgeon Dr. Calvin Oishi, A1A electrician Tony Lathrop Lee of State Farm Mililani, HMC Karaoke, Burt's Union Service right here on School Street, Dr. Jeffrey K. Miyazawa of Windward Family Dentistry, Michael Beasley of Kayani, Realtor Fran Valarmia Kahavai of Properties International Limited, and Chinenen Arinaga Financial Group, Incorporated. A big mahalo to our sponsors. I also want to invite you to be a financial partner with The Good Life Hawaii Radio. This is a listener-supported radio show, and your donation is very important to helping us reach more people with God's love and God's hope. A prayerful financial support uh, gift is much appreciated. You can write your check to Danny Yamashiro Ministries and send it to P.O. Box 700998, Kapolei, Hawaii, 96709. That's 700998, Kapolei, Hawaii, 96709. Thank you, Danny. So, Dr. Steve, you know, earlier you mentioned about your regular guy. I walk in the studio and I can look at you and say, okay, regular guy. <laughs> then you have doctor in front of your name. Okay, that puts you a little different. I know some, but fewer. But then I heard a little bit about what you're doing now. And can you share with us, when we left, you were at UCLA. You were just beginning to get a message communication. You felt like you were being called by God to do a certain task. Can you just share then your how you ended up being a doctor and then how you ended up doing what you're doing right now? Yeah, sure. Um, it was shortly after uh, that year, uh, my freshman year, uh, when I began to understand what my relationship with Jesus um, was about, it was actually a year after that, um, that an opportunity came up to go to the Dominican Republic on a short-term mission trip. And I believe that God wanted me to go there. And it was uh, the summer uh, after my second year in college. 
And we went there and we spent three weeks there in a rural community, helped build a school. And it had such an impact on me while I was there that mm-hmm. I, I knew I was going back. When I left there, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I can see uh, the little girl with a cast on her arm. Edis was her name. As the bus pulled away, I held her hand. And uh, I would have dragged her down the street if I if I wouldn't let go. But I let go, and, and my heart broke. And, and she actually was uh, part of the home. She was one of the children in the home that I lived in when I was there. I knew that I was going back, and I I, I believed that uh, God was calling me to go back in medicine. And so at that point, I um, I pursued that. Um, but uh, I was unsuccessful. I, I finished uh, my college off. I finished uh, what I needed to do to go to medical school. I put in the applications to multiple schools all over the place, believing that you know if God wanted me to go, certainly I would get in somewhere. And I didn't. I was rejected uh, by, of course, every school that I applied to. And I uh, wasn't sure what to do about that. I was just like, well, Lord, did I make this thing up? Is this really what you want? And um, at that time, uh, it wasn't. I think God had a, a lot to do in my life before it was time to go. A lot of working on me in, in pride, which he still continues to do, and perseverance and uh, just pressing on and seeking him um, and going where he wants me to go. I, I feel like what I want to do is I want to go where God wants me to go, and I want to do what he wants me to do. And that's what I want to do with my life. And I felt like still that in the Dominican uh, there was there was needs that I saw that I felt like I could help uh, meet and uh, while at the same time uh, knew that God could uh, work on my own life uh, in that place. So after I graduated, I uh, didn't know what to do. I always wanted to live in Hawaii, so I moved here. And uh, right away I started teaching in the public school system. But I applied to medical school again for a second time a year out, um, was rejected all over again, two years in a row. At that point, I was like, well, I don't I think that, you know, I must have made this thing up. I don't think, you know, God wants me to do this. But I did continue to go back to the Dominican every year after that. In the summer, I organized teams to go uh, back to the Dominican Um, through Hope Chapel and Kaneohe. We uh, we sent uh, small groups um, every year from uh, 90, 91, 92, 93, 90, 94, back to the same town that I was working in. Now, in the meantime, I was going to, I was teaching at Kailua High School. I was able, I started off substituting, I was able to get a full-time job, and I had been doing that for three or four years, and I decided, well, I might as well just do this the right way and get a professional diploma. Went to the University of Hawaii, was about to start my student teaching, and I had, I didn't have peace about it. I was, I felt the Lord saying, this isn't the way to go. And so at that time, that's when I stopped and say, okay, Lord, I will go wherever you want me to go, and I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just give me some peace. And I felt him say, okay, apply to medical school. And I was like, no way. Not going through it again. I do not like the rejection. <laughs> and I put it off for a while. I, I was out of college for six years. I had to retake um, the examination, you know, the, the board exams to, get, to apply to medical school. I didn't want to do that. I waited for a couple months. It still c- came back to me. I then decided, okay, I'll do it. Did the applications and I was finally uh, finally accepted into medical school. That was in 1994, and that was uh, where my journey to uh, being a doctor began. Mm. And how did your uh, maybe the lesson here for those that are maybe losing hope? They have a vision Hmm. that they believe God calls them. You said. You made it up, I guess. It's, we think of that. I said, who's, yeah. who's, who's this talking to me? Is it me talking to myself again? What is a the lesson there for someone who might be in a situation where they're losing hope because they're doing what they thought God was calling them to do, 
and nothing connects. Nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? Well, I think it's a, it may sound uh, like a cliche, but God tells us over and over in his word to wait on him, to wait patiently. Many times throughout his word, he's telling us to wait. And um, that doesn't mean, sometimes it means change, do something else. Sometimes it doesn't, but it does mean wait. And it means, you know, you continue to persevere. You continue again in your walk with Jesus day by day, uh, moment by moment, uh, trying to do what he wants you to do, trying to be who he wants you to be. And at the right time, um, he'll put it in place. And, and, you know, his will will be done if you allow him to do that. Give us some indicators of what went on in you during that period of time, that season of waiting. What happened? Um, I struggled. I struggled a lot. Um, I went through times of uh, feeling depressed, uh, confused, uh, not really understanding, you know, what I was doing or where where I should be uh, and um, but I continued to stay in fellowship uh, I continued to pray I continued to uh, try to be who Jesus wanted me to be and I waited I didn't have a choice I had to wait you know mm-hmm. and fortunately I have good friends I have uh, good people around me to encourage me um, to keep me going uh, to keep my mind thinking right and uh, keep me accountable, keep me in the word. And um do you feel like that time the internal stuff, the intangible stuff that was going on within your heart, in your spirit that God was preparing you for the the things that you have had to face, the challenges that you've uh, had to uh, overcome? Yes, I, I believe that um, there's a, a development, there's a maturity process going on uh, when you when you do have to depend on him, mm-hmm. um, when you have to wait and uh, continue to stay close in, in, in the fellowship and um, rely on him for for with an uncertain future. You know, if you're uh, continuing to rely on God to provide. For whatever it is you're going to need, there's a growth process that happens, and there's there's maturity in there, and that will help, or it does help me, and continues to help me persevere in other struggles that I face now and that I will face in the future. Yeah, Doctor Steve, the Lord has has given you um, tremendous resolve. Uh, he's given you a grace of uh, a, a high level intelligence but uh, connected to an incredible capacity to just connect with people right where they are. You know, he tells me today, before the radio show, he says, it's okay to come in a sh- T-shirt and, and slippers. <laughs> you let the secret T-shirt, out, shirts, Danny. And slippers. <laughs> I was just going to say, you look very nice in your smock. In my mind, I'm thinking, uh, this is the perfect place to just kind of relax, you know I mean? Nobody knows how we're, how well mm. or how casual we are. But, you know, the Lord has given you a, a blessed partner mm. in life. Absolutely. In ministry. And uh, when we come back, you know, there are people that are, are part of our listening community. They want to hear. They want to hear about uh, the woman that has stood with you that continues to stand with you. I want you to share with us about 
dear wife, how it all came together. And then I haven't forgotten that life-threatening experience that you faced just a couple of months ago. I want you to share with us about that, too. All right. Stay with us. There's a lot, lot more from Dr. Steve Dorsey. We'll be right back. On behalf of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, thank you from the bottom of our hearts to every single listener who has tuned into the program weekdays at 6 p.m. on WEZE and visited drdanny.live for more resources and information about the ministry. My dear friend, it is because of listeners and donors like you that we are able to spread the good word of the gospel over the airwaves and bring hope through opening people's hearts to Jesus Christ. We'd like to ask you to prayerfully consider donating to Danny Yamashiro Ministries so that we may continue to broadcast the gospel to believers and non-believers alike so that all may form a relationship with Jesus Christ. Visit drdanny.live if you are so moved to contribute financially. That's drdanny.live. And thank you again to every single listener and supporter of the Good Life Radio Program and Danny Yamashiro Ministries. May God richly bless you with the good life. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. Please enjoy. I want to... uh, Get right in and uh, just tell us, how did you meet your wife? How did it all come together? Well, I met Julie uh, while I was here, um, and I was teaching at uh, Kailua High School. Uh, while I was going to Hope Chapel, um, we had I had a close group of friends there, and uh, we had uh, mutual friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, we used to hang out every weekend at our house, have a barbecue, go to the beach, do things like that. And so Julie was part of the group. And so we uh, met each other through that, just started spending time with each other. And uh, fell in love and knew that we wanted to uh, spend the rest of our life together. Now, was she in the process with you? You know how you were saying you, you went through basically three cycles of applications, right, for medical yes. school? Yes, yeah, three. And then the third round, you, you got accepted. Right. Uh, was she with you through that whole process? She was uh, in the third round. She I met her the after round. the first two. 
Yeah. Okay. So, well, she, but she was with me throughout those struggles in the times where I didn't know what was going on. Uh Right. I had given up on medical school Mm -hmm. and I was in teaching and I was in the process of getting my, my professional teaching diploma. She was with me through that and through the confusion and, you know, the wondering and, and not being sure of what was going on. Mm. She went through all that with me Mm. and then through the last, uh, application, um, and acceptance process. Now, after you graduate from medical school, I mean, that's in some ways it's, it's a, it's, well, not in some ways, it's an incredible accomplishment, but then it's the beginning, right? You need to go to residency. Yeah. You start all over again. Mm. You, you got to apply now to new programs, to new training programs. And uh, it's a similar process where you apply, uh, all over the country to programs that you're interested in. You have to interview. You have to go through a process, an acceptance process, um, which they call the match process, in which uh, you put in your list of schools or, or, you know, uh, hospitals where you want to do your residency. They put in their list of uh, students in which they want to come to residency, and they throw it in a computer, and you end up where the computer sends you. So, what happened with you? Well, I was one of the one of the few that. Ended up nowhere. Uh, again, uh, going through another rejection process. Uh, God continues to have to work on me and, and and stretch me in my pride. Actually, I I was sure that I knew where I wanted to be, and I knew God. I thought I knew God wanted me to be in that place, and that's what I ranked. I ranked a list of other places, and and uh, I came up zero on the computer. No 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 place for me, and that's uh, not a fun place to be. Uh, usually, everybody knows those who don't match they and they have to scramble they sneak into the dean's office you know later that day and they got to find a place to go and it's kind of stressful i mean you just got to look at the map and pick a spot that's open usually there's usually there's a reason why that place is is hasn't filled because there's maybe something wrong with it and but they think there's a reason why you didn't get anywhere either and so i ended up going to phoenix we tried to pick the place that's closest to home never wanted to be in phoenix never thought i would be there but we ended up there, and uh, the re- relationships that I made in Phoenix are probably some of the most significant relationships that uh, have we've been involved with in the Dominican Republic. So clearly, God had His hand, and He knew exactly where He was supposed to send me for uh, you know the development of this ministry. Now, tell us about your Del Corazón de Jesucristo. Tell us about your ministry. Uh, I've been there a couple of times. Uh, there, there's an incredible baseball field that's mm-hmm. there like a like a field of dreams yeah right there in right there in uh, your backyard as it were tell us tell us go on man tell yeah, us about how it all that is came true. together well you know i believe that god uses our passions and our mm-hmm. personality and uh, that's what he wants us to use to reach other people and again like i said i want to be where god wants me to be do what God wants me to do, and um, be the person he wants me to be. And that's basically our philosophy, and that's what we want to teach others around us. And we use our gifts. Um, Julie's a teacher. I'm a doctor. I love sports, so we use medicine uh, as an avenue to reach uh, people, Get you know, to get them interested, get them there. We use uh, teaching through Julie, and we use sports, uh, baseball, basketball, uh, whatever comes along, because, you know, most kids love sports, and that's what uh, brings them around. And through that, we develop relationships. Um, we've gotten close to uh, many kids, and um, we disciple those kids. Uh, we we model, uh, we're role models for them. We encourage them to develop their gifts that God's given them, and for them to be the people that God wants them to be. We encourage them to to grow up 
into that person that God has for them, the plan that he has for them. And that's really a simple way to put it. We want we want to be who God wants us to be, and we want to encourage others to do that, to be who God wants them to be also. And we're just using um, what God has given us, our talents, our place, the baseball field, which uh, ba- Major League Baseball paid for to put on our <laughs> property, and, and our little league of 10 teams, 163 <laughs> kids, um, and all the other sports uh uh, equipment that we have that has been donated. And then we also host short-term mission teams. Uh, teams. And we do that because I believe it's very important. Uh, it makes an impact on those who come, like it did on me. And also those um, those people help us to make an impact uh, on the kids in our community. Um, the fruit, the boys we have, Jeffrey Harley, Robert, the guys that are there, have been impacted by you, your group, by other short-term teams that have mm-hmm. been there. They are all investing we're not the only ones investing in these people. Everybody that takes part in our ministry, from coming on short-term mission trips to um, sponsoring to um, their gifts, uh, their gifts of financially or the gifts of equipment, in every way that they're involved in our ministry, they are investing also in the lives of these of these kids. One of the things that you're doing is, uh, and I've seen it, you're you're raising the level of hope in the whole community. And it's like a like an oasis, Martin, uh, like a spiritual oasis. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been there and I've seen time and again people coming to uh, the ministry center, the base, because uh, you know a finger is cut, you know uh, is hanging, a piece of skin is off. I mean, they got a nail in stuck inside. Or somebody's bringing their child. And they bring them right into the center. And he's able to take care of them in their need. And there's a level of respect that has risen in the the broader community for uh, what they're doing. But it's faith. Faith, your faith in Christ and how God has responded to your faith. Recently, uh, just a couple of months ago, uh, your faith was really tested. Tell us about what happened and, and, and how it went. Really, to the roof. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, and I would have to say that uh, it was an awesome experience, um, incredible experience. Not anything that I would want to do again, mm-hmm. but certainly life-changing and um, caused me to uh, to look in myself and at others and, and strengthen my faith. Um, well, it, it basically, you want to go through the whole yeah, thing that happened. Uh, well, we were hosting, uh, this was in, on June 10th. Um, we were hosting a youth group from Scottsdale, Arizona. They arrived the uh, actually on June 9th, the night before. Uh, they came to do vacation Bible school and work with the kids. We picked them up that night, brought them to our property, um, settled them in. Next day, they got out and went to work. And uh, later that night, we were uh, just all hanging out. We were out on our front patio. Uh, our property, we have seven acres property. Mm-hmm. And our house where we stay... Um, we have a dorm down below where we house the teams. We also have an apartment out in the center of the property where we house other parts of the teams. You split them up if we need to. And we live on the, we live on the top floor of the house in the back. It's at the back of the property. It's a seven-acre property. Um, and at times it's dark. We lose power sometimes. Um, and we're just kind of we're out in the country. We're out in the – and they call it the compo and pr- pretty much, you know, the middle of nowhere. Um, we were playing uh, games on the patio with the kids. It got late. I – 
you know, was uh, tired and uh, decided it was time to go to bed. All the kids stayed out on the patio, continued to play. That's what we usually let them do. I went up to bed. Um, I laid down, and I, I was out within minutes. Um, <laughs> it seemed like a couple minutes later, I think it was, maybe five, ten minutes later, Julie came into the, into the bedroom, and she started shaking me. And she said, uh, get up. She had our couple cell phones in her hand. Get up. Get up. Get up. There's guys on the patio with guns. And I, you know, I was startled. I was disoriented. I, was, I had just fallen asleep. I'm like, what are you talking about? What, what's going on? And she puts the phones in my hands, and well, I don't know what to do with these things. There's, no, there's nobody to call anyway. We don't have police. You know, we're out on our, on our own. So I get up on my feet, and I walk, I walk across the, uh, the house, uh, the top floor, and I'm still I'm juggling the phones trying to figure out, you know, is this going on? What's happening here? I get to the top of the stairs, and I look down, and there's a man in our house. He's got a mask on. He's at the bottom of the stairs. He had walked all the way through our house, through uh, you know a large room, another uh, the laundry room, and got to the bottom of the stairs and had the door open. And I looked down, and immediately I said, "What are you doing here?" And this is you know this is all in Spanish. "What are you doing here? What do you want?" And it was amazing to me. I was I was alert and aware at that time that I, I had no fear at all. I've had, you know, I can, we hear sounds at night sometimes, and I get up and look around. My heart's beating like crazy, and I get learnt, I get nervous. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm standing at the top of the stairs looking down at this guy. I've got no fear whatsoever. God just, it was like, snap. Hmm. God's in control. I looked down. What are you doing here? And he said he wanted money. I said, what? And I, so I charged down the stairs, you know, towards him. I knew there were kids outside. I knew somebody was outside at guns. I said, you know, we got to get out there and see what's going on. So I go down after this guy down the stairs, and he starts backing up. So I continue towards him, and he backs up, and I back him all the way back through the house, all the way out to the front onto the patio. As we come out onto the patio, uh, there's a man right at the door with a shotgun, points it right at me. I do the same thing to him. I look at the gun. This is the only time I really saw the gun. I looked at the gun. You know, there's a shotgun. Well, if, I guess if he shoots me, it's going to hurt, and that's about the last I thought about it. I said, what are you doing? What do you want? And he says, I, we want your money. And he sends the other guy back in the house to start going through everything. Uh, he went through all of our guests' stuff, digging through their, their suitcases, and he makes me sit down. And I know right away this has potential to go bad. We don't have money. These kids don't have money. These kids are missionaries. They're, they're kids. There's no money here, and I don't know what they want. And I knew this had to stop right now. So right away, right after he made me sit down, the kids, are, everyone's sitting in a circle they're all looking at the ground. Some are crying. Some are praying. You know, everybody's scared. They don't know what to do. And I look at him, and I, and I start uh, confronting him. In the name of Jesus, you're going to put that shotgun down. In the name of Jesus, you're going to leave here right now. You have no business being here. This Everything here belongs to God. In the name of Jesus, you must leave. And, then, and I said the same to the guy in the house. He must leave right now. And what is the guy that's pointing the shotgun at you? You know, you're saying this all in Spanish, too, mm-hmm. right? When you're saying that to him, what is he doing? Uh, he's he's uh, he looked like he was trying to ignore me. He's looking in the house, watching the guy go through the things. He has a mask on. He has a mask. They both have masks on. Um, he's not looking at me. He's telling me to shut up. Um, he's telling me, you know, shut up, shut up. And he's looking in the house to see what what this guy can find in the house. And this went on, I think, probably for two or three minutes as I continued to confront him in the name of Jesus. Um, I, I, he then did respond, and he turned and he looked at me, and he said, "Are you Christians?" I said, "Yes, we're Christians. We're missionaries here. This this is a Christian missionary group here. These are these are missionary kids, and uh, you know, the, all this stuff belongs to God. You need to ne- leave in the name of Jesus." And he said, "Oh, well, I didn't know you were Christians." And I said, "Well, what about you? Are you a Christian?" He said, "Yes." I, I said, "Really?" Right away, 
I got up and I went right after him. Because you were sitting down. I was right? sitting down at the time, so I stood up and I and I went after him. And I had and his gun is still pointed. His at gun's you, right? pointed at me. I didn't. I'm not even looking at it. I'm looking at his face, and I had complete faith and confidence that God was in control of this situation. It was like almost like I was actually watching this happen. I was in my mind. I'm talking to myself at the same time. I'm talking to this guy, thinking, "Is this really going on? You know, mm. Is he re- is he listening to me now?" Mm. And he was looking at me, and I knew I, I I sensed he was something hit his heart, and then I knew I could go. I could go after him, and I approached him and got as close as I could to him. He backed up and continued to back up. Actually, backed up to the wall on the patio, all the way up to mm. you know, because the spirit hit him, and he, and there was a fear in him. It was a, not a fear of me. It was a fear of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he continued to listen. As I talked to him, he told me his name. I used his name, Santiago. I kept talking to him, uh, Santiago, and I and I knew that this man really wanted to change. He didn't want to be doing this. And uh, I told him how God could change his life. I told him that God had a different plan for him. I told him that this is not the way that he needed to live, that God could change his heart. And he was listening. Oh, you know what the amazing thing was? This was all in Spanish. My Spanish is pretty good, but it's not great. Mm-hmm. And at, at this time, I'm, all of this is done in Spanish. Um, and it was over a period of maybe 15 minutes. He was correcting my Spanish. He was, he was fixing my verb conjugations. He was helping finish my sentences. And in my mind, I'm going, this is unbelievable. Uh, I'm confronting this guy in it's Spanish. Like a and, and the gun, is, and the gun, gun. is still, still at you, right? He's got the gun pointed at me. He's, tr- he's actually trying to lift his mask because I felt like, you know, he wanted to really get personal. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what is the other guy doing? Well, the other guy's in the house. He's still going through stuff. And he's, he's yelling out the window, shoot him, shoot him, kill him, kill him. And I was I was told later that I didn't hear that because I was talking to this other guy. Mm-hmm, but but mm-hmm. the uh, the Dominican boys that were with us t- told me that. that uh, this is Jeffrey, Jeffrey and Harley, Harley. and Robert, and mm-hmm. that's probably why they look so scared. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's what he was saying. Um, and Santiago was actually listening to me, conjugating my verbs, correcting my Spanish. Um, he was engaged in this conversation, and he got to the point where he said, "You know what? I'm sorry. I didn't know you're Christians. I'm I'm sorry, and I want you to forgive me." And he, and he turned to the group. He said, I want the group to forgive me. I said, well, you tell them. Tell them you want to forgive them. And he did. And then I said, well, you need Jesus. You need to ask Jesus to forgive you. And he said, yes, I do. And I said, uh, well, you, we need to pray. Come here. Let's pray. And he wouldn't come close to me. The other guy came out of the house. Santiago went over to him with the gun. He, st- he said, we're leaving everything here. We're not taking anything that belongs to God. He's telling the guy He's that. telling the other guy. Put everything back. Don't take anything. And so he left everything on the floor in there. He actually had a, one of our flashlights in our hands. Santiago took it out of his hand, gave it to me, and then that man left. He backed out and then kind of disappeared in the darkness. Santiago was left by himself with his gun, and I said, come, let's pray. And uh, he was resistant, didn't want to come close. I maybe thought I was going to jump him, but that was not in my mind. Uh, all I wanted to do was uh, pray for him. And I wasn't thinking, okay, you know, I'm going to take this guy down. Uh, my flesh wanted to do that, but... But I didn't want to. Uh, the spirit was was in control, and uh, he did. He stopped and he said, "Okay, pray for me." Uh, I prayed for him. Um, he then came over and shook my hand, and, and then he left. And uh, they left everything behind. Mm-hmm. Did he say something to you before he left? Yes, he did. Uh, he um, during our conversation, he did mention to me. He said, "You know, I, I'm going to come back here." And I'm not going to come back here to rob you. I'm going to come back here to show you that I'm a different man. 
And I said, I believe that. I believe that you're going to come back here and you're going to testify. You're going to have a testimony that one day you came here to rip us off and that God changed your heart right there. And you're going to come back and give that testimony. And I can't wait for that day. Mm -hmm. To see that will just be phenomenal. I mean, that will blow me away again. What did that do to your your own faith? Well, Danny, it was, uh, you know, like I said before, I'm just a regular guy. And what blew me away from that was that, you know, I'm just, I'm a regular guy. I'm a sinner like everybody else. And yet God just reassured me of his love for me and that he's on my side and he's in control. And for me to kind of step back and see right away that he would give me his Holy Spirit at that time when I needed it, that he would give me the gift of faith that I needed right then, because I believe that's what I had. I had I had faith, I had no fear, and that he would give me a boldness and a courage like I've never had before, and he would take control of that situation through me. Mm. That was just uh, so reassuring and building of my faith that God would actually use me to do that, because I'm just normal guy and and but to really see the true power of god just take mm-hmm. off like that mm-hmm. and and just totally change this situation these guys came here thinking they were in control and it didn't take long boom before they realized they're not in control and god is in control and he just turned that situation around and he also did it to uh build the faith of these kids that were there they every one of those kids saw this thing happen they each have their own personal testimony mm-hmm. of what mm-hmm. happened and uh, it was, it's just phenomenal. How did Julie respond? This is a great story and another way of uh, showing how what a partner she is to me. And, it, and it's kind of, uh, kind of funny in a way. Julie uh, uh, was incredibly bold that I witnessed. We were together all the way down. She followed me down as I backed the guy out of the house. She stood by me when I confronted the guy with the gun. She sat next to me when he made us to sit down. When I got up, she got up with me. And you know what? She was rebuking the guy in the house in hmm. Spanish. She was hmm. she was yelling at him <laughs> while I was yelling at, th- at this other guy to the point where I had to turn and say, okay, stop, because I was listening to her yelling at this guy back there, and I was getting a little distracted. And I said, okay, okay, <laughs> stop. And, I mean, she was just like, I, I put it as a joke. You know, I said, I thought about it later. I said, you know what? Well, it must have been incredible for these kids to watch this thing, because most of them didn't even know us, and they their first night watching us just go, wow, 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 and Julie's going after this well, guy. Our listeners need to know, here's a here's a um, petite Japanese girl from Kaneohe, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Local girl, now married to Dr. Steve. They're in the Dominican. Uh, she speaks Spanish, right? So she's she's rip, sounds like she's ripping away in oh. Spanish, rebuking the, the this other guy <laughs> in the name of the Lord. It was so it was so cool to me, and I thought about it afterward. I said, you know what? The people watching this must have said, you know, Julie was like the Chihuahua, and I was like the pit bull, and you know, she's going rah, 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 after after the guy in the house, and I'm yelling at the at the guy with the gun, and we're, she's like right behind me. Mm-hmm. Looking in the house, I'm looking huh. out on the patio, huh. and we're standing together, wow. just battling. Well, the youth, it was the awesome. youth were obviously quite upset and terrified, but after this unfolded, now the next morning, what what happened to them? Were they any different? What did they make of this? Or did this? Oh, this must be normal here, so I just have to get used to it. I mean, they think what's going on? No, they knew they knew right away that they did, they had just seen the power of God at work, and uh, like they'd never seen it before. And uh, they had to make a decision then if they were going to stay and continue to work or if they were going to go home. And there was nothing wrong with going home at then. You know, I'm told, hey, they, 
It's not a lack of faith. If you need to go home, you go home. Don't worry about that. And each they had a they had a meeting among the, amongst themselves. They're ages fourteen to eighteen, and they had their own meeting while me and the leaders had our own meeting. And we came back downstairs, and each one of them individually said, "I do not want to leave. I want to stay here. I believe that God is in control here. We just saw it, wow. and we want to continue to do what God wants us to do here. We're not going anywhere." So uh, the youth pastor then had to call all the parents, tell them what happened. Um, the, and this is an upper middle class family. These people, and they, this is from something. Where, what state? Scottsdale, Scottsdale, Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, you don't see much anything like this going <laughs> on. And uh, so the parents all agreed, and they said if they want to stay, they can stay. Huh. And they all stayed. And you know, we got back to work right away. They were a little bit slow getting up the next day because we were up all night. Um, they went back out to work. They worked the rest of the week, and you would you could not tell that anything had happened. They, if you had come in from the outside, you would never have known um, that uh, there was any fear there. I think you would have known that there was some more boldness in them. They mm. were they were more courageous. There was a uh, more faith, but uh, you wouldn't have known that you know, anything had happened that had caused them to have any fear. To uh, find out more about uh, Del Corazon uh, and Dr. Steve Dorsey and Dr. Dr. Steve and Julie's ministry. Uh, you can visit them on the website, www.delcorazon.org. Now, Dr. Steve, what does Del Corazon de Jesucristo, what does that mean? How did you come up with that name? Where, where, where does it all come from? That means uh, from the heart of Jesus, and that's what I want to portray. I want to um, take the heart of Jesus where I go and um, have that make an impact on those that uh, I come in contact with, that those who co- uh, that come in contact with us would know that we have the heart of Jesus in us and that they can have it too and that they can uh, become the people that God wants them to be through the love of Jesus which comes from his heart. Again, the website is www.delcorazon. That's D-E-L-C-O-R-A-Z-O-N. Dot org, del corazon, dot org. Um, you know, the the dynamic of that story was such that um, we didn't take our our uh, quarter break. But let me just go ahead and <clears throat> recognize our partners. We're not going to take that that uh, official break. But let me just recognize our sponsors and and. Um, Get back. I, I do want to ask you one more question because somebody today, they might not have a gun in their chest and have to look at a gunman in the eye, but they're feeling like they're they're in some tight straits themselves. It might be financially. It might be uh, in a relationship. But I'd like for you just to give a, a parting shot. Um, what do you think God would would want to say to them at, at this time? But a big mahalo to Dr. Kerry Ishihara, our Waiwa dentist. Orthopedic Surgeon Dr. Calvin Oishi, A1 Electrician Tony Lathrop Lee of State Farm Mililani, HMC Karaoke, Birch Union right here on School Street, Dr. Jeffrey K. Miyazawa of Windward Family Dentistry, Michael Beasley of Kayani, Realtor Fran Villarmia Kahavai of Properties International Limited, and Chinen and Arinaga Financial Group Incorporated. I said this before, I'd like to open an invitation for you to partner with the Good Life Hawaii Radio Show. It's a listener-supported show. Your donation would be uh, very, very helpful to, to enable us to reach even more people with God's love and hope. Uh, your financial gift 
would be much appreciated. You can go ahead and write your check to Danny Yamashiro Ministries and send it to P.O. Box 700-998, Kapolei, Hawaii, 96709. That's P.O. Box 700-998, Kapolei, Hawaii, 96709. Dr. Steve, give us a parting shot. What, what do you think God would say to somebody who is in a real tight spot right now? Well, you know, um, it's it's difficult to understand in its in its process, but God truly does love us. He really does have our best interest, and um, he does he want to be involved in every aspect of our life. And he he knows exactly what we're going through. He knows exactly what we need, and he knows how to give it to us when we need it. The God, the Maker of heaven and earth, that's what just blows me away. The Maker of heaven and earth knows each one of us individually, and he cares. And that's one of the lessons that I got out of this whole thing with this uh, with this robbery, was that how I saw him work in my life. He will do that. And he just we just have to rest. It's hard to do. Rest, wait patiently on him, and be willing. Just be open. We don't, there's no hoops to jump through. There's no performance issues. There's no earning issues. Uh, it's a gift that he wants to give us. Um, it's something that we just have to be willing to to accept and wait for him and rest in it um, and use your resources, your the word of God, of course, um, your friends, um, the people at your church. Um, uh, you know, you got to communicate with, with not only God but others and, and mm-hmm. wait for him. Dr. Steve... Um... Why don't you just close us in a quick prayer for our listeners who are listening right now. Yeah. Um, Father, you're so good, so good to us, Lord. And I'm just thankful, God, that I am your child. Thank you that you make us your children by your grace, Lord. Not something that we work for, not something that we have to earn, Lord. But we are yours because you created us and that you love us, Lord. I just pray, Father, for um, your wisdom, your understanding, Lord. Um, sound judgment and discernment, Father, that you'd put it in our hearts, Lord, that we would hear you, that we would hear your voice, that we would listen to your truth, Lord, because you are the truth, God. Protect our minds from from the lies and fill us with your spirit, Lord. Um, help us to understand your love, Lord, that we would um, just understand, God, and rest, rest in you, mm-hmm. that we would have your peace, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Give us your peace through your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Faith-filled words from Dr. Steve Dorsey, delcorazon.org. My friend, God's timing is perfect. And there's no better time than right now to share the love of Jesus with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, look, this may be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus Christ. Go to drdanny.live for next steps. And find resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and major platforms. Psalm 119, verse 145 says, I call with all my heart. Answer me, O Lord, and I will obey your decrees. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Dr. Steve Dorsey, delcorazon.org. Until next time, along with my producer and creative director, Brian Torres, Social Media Director Luke Yamashiro and Guest Coordinator Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you 
as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with the good life.